Does the election of Donald Trump signify that God has given America a window of mercy? And if so, is it likely that our nation will respond to it with repentance? Stay tuned for an interview with Pastor Billy Crone. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. He is Billy Crone, who is pastor of Sunrise Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and also serves as the teacher for Get a Life Ministries. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. Yeah. Great, to, great to be on. Great to have you on, Pastor yeah, Thank Crone. you, Nathan. Let's start with this question. This miraculous election of Donald Trump mm-hmm. has started people saying that the United States has now reached a Nineveh moment. Yeah. What do you think they mean by that, and would you agree? Well, uh, certainly you look at Nineveh uh, in the Bible and even historically. Nineveh, whoo-hoo, you talk about a wicked nation. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they, these were brutal. I mean, people would surrender to Nineveh, just them coming. Oh, <laughs> they're coming. They, okay, we quit. We quit. Take the over. Head of the Syrian Empire. Yeah, the because they were yeah. so... Wicked. They they would they would not just kill people. They would they would chop their limbs off, their ears, nose, feet, hands. Uh, they would skin people alive. They would impale them. Uh, they would chop their heads off and hang them in trees and put them on poles. Uh, they would sever their limbs and chop them off and and send them out as souvenirs, as victory trophies and stuff. I mean, it was a bad study. Well, what happens is then God, of course, we know, calls Jonah. Says, "Hey, go preach to those people." <laughs> oh, you know, and you can when you understand their background, you can see why yeah, he's a has you there, die. right? And so finally, after the circumstances, he finally does it. But all of a sudden, the impossible happens. It's like, wait a second. It's like. No, no, these guys are too far gone. There's no way. I mean, that's the Ninevites. There's no way they're going to respond. And maybe even Jonah felt that way. But what happened? Mm-hmm. You read there in mm-hmm. Jonah chapter 3, and it says that they actually responded. and, and uh, uh, Which he didn't like. Yeah, that's a whole other story, right? <laughs> he wanted them punished. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but they actually responded and turned around. And at least, it didn't last forever, but at least there was a moment when there was, if you will, a national revival with the people. And that's recorded for us in the Scripture. So, uh, certainly if that's what people refer to with the election of uh, uh, President Trump, then uh, could it be that God is once again giving us an opportunity, a window uh, to uh, turn things around? Uh, well, what I would like to point out is if you keep reading there in chapter 3, uh, it's, uh, we need to do then what, what happened. It says, when God saw that they what they did, they repented, they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. So the point is, well then, okay, so if God's given us truly a window of opportunity, if you will, a then of a moment, then guess what? It is not a time for the church to get lazy, to go back to sleep. Okay, you spoke up, but don't go back to sleep. Because why? Because if that step's going to happen, well, how's, the, how's our nation then going to turn around and respond to their wickedness? Is it just because Trump got elected? No. It's when the church speaks up like Jonah and says, oh, by the way, what you're doing is wrong. You need to repent. The judgment of God is coming. If we don't do that, and if this is an opportunity, an open window, it's not going to happen. We will waste this opportunity if, in fact, it truly is. But if what's you will, disturbing to me is I see evangelical leaders all across the country caving in to societal demands. I, it's like the church is so anxious for society to like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the unfortunate, the false teaching, the church growth movement, right? 
And it, what happened was, uh, I remember dealing with this when I first got saved in the 90s, and it used to be an aberration, the church growth movement. And basically the idea was like, we need to dress like the world, look like the world, act like the world, speak like the world, use the world's language, even use the world's music. And that way the world will like us and come. It's like, well, first of all, show me the verse. It's, <laughs> yeah. we're supposed, it's supposed to be about Jesus and teaching His Word. It's for God's people. And then you get out there what as What happened the about confronting people with their sin and calling for repentance? Exactly. But, but the church growth movement that used to be an aberration has now become the norm. Yes. Uh, and that's the problem that they think that we just need to be, we want the world to like us. Well, there's no verse. We are to be the salt and the light of this world. And we're not doing that. And, and frankly, uh, it spills over into, I believe, a Bible prophecy issue. Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 3, he says, you know, how do you know you're living the last days? Of course, I'm giving the vernacular. He says, here's what's going to happen. People are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, and all this horrible. He goes down this litmus of, of a list of, of evil, rotten, horrible behavior. He even used the words uh, brutal and, and, and treacherous and rash, conceited, all this stuff. And that's what's happening today. Why? Because the church is not being the church. The problem is not that the darkness is overwhelming. The problem is the light is not shining. Right? It's us. We're the problem, not the world. And I've noticed this ever since I got saved. And it really bugs me. But, anyway, <laughs> so, but it's like, I, since I got saved in the 90s, it, it, everybody, you know, I need to pray for a revival. And we, hey, sh- I'm all for that. Wouldn't it be great if God had, if you will, one final revival up his sleeve before the seven-year tribulation before the rapture yeah. took place? It could be. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it, it, wouldn't that be great? All I know if it's going to happen, revival is not for the world. Revival is for God's people. If my people, he says, not the world. Mm. But what I've noticed is the church has this mentality. If they even get around to uh, talking about revival, the need of revival, their prayers are directed out there. God, get them. God, fix them. God, make them holy. It's backwards. Start it starts with us. If you want the darkness to go away, Shine the light. You go into a dark room. You want to get rid of it. How do you dispel the darkness? You go over the wall and you what? Flip on the light. And it's time for the Christians to stop condoning the darkness like what you're saying. It's time for us to get back to God's truth, shine the light of His truth so that the darkness can be dispelled, so revival can take place. I think place. Americans are too enamored with politics and political solutions. And they believe that if you can elect a person like Trump who has some good ideas and things that they agree with, that he will really make America great again. I would argue that it is impossible for him to make America great again as long as we're killing three to 4,000 babies a day, mm-hmm. as long as we're flooding the world with pornography, as long as we're the moral polluter of planet Earth through our production of blasphemous, violent, uh, horrible television programs and movies, mm-hmm. uh, as long as we're the world's number one consumer of illegal drugs. I could go on and on. How can that be a great country I don't care what he does. God is not going to bless us as long as we're wallowing in sin. No, and I agree with you. And I think what's happened, uh, if you will, I think the same thing's being repeated that happened at Jesus' first coming. You look at the, the Jewish people, and uh, here was the Messiah, the prophesied Messiah. They know the Old Testament Scriptures. He, here he is right in front of you. I mean, the answers to all your problems. He's here. God in the flesh is right before you. You reject him. Why? Because you want a political savior. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to save you right now from the governmental oppression of the Roman Empire. You want somebody to fix the economy or whatever the thing is. Right? You want a political savior, not the actual savior. And I, frankly, for years have been saying this, that I think the church is doing the same thing today. As ironic as it is, we have put all of our prayers and hopes in a political savior instead of the antidote to 
to the darkness, and that's the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. We, we, I, I see this every election cycle. Uh, oh, you got people that sit there in the pew. They got cobwebs growing on them, uh, drool coming out of their mouth. They haven't moved in 19 years, and you got to dust them off every Sunday. Uh, they're so inactive. With all, of course, I'm joking. Uh, they're so inactive, and then all of a sudden, it's election time. Man, they dole out the cash. They hit the streets. Man, they're having people sign up. Do this. Vote for so and so. And then, then, uh, then they go back to sleep. And I'm going, listen, I'm not against if you want to be active in politics. I'm not against that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We need to speak up, certainly as Christians, while we still have the freedom. But give me a break. Where was that same energy? Where was that same drive for sharing the gospel? Because it's only Jesus that can make a difference for our nation. That's it. That's it. And we've turned our back on it. Right. You know, uh, I, I just can never get over the grace of God. Uh, how He blesses us when we deserve no blessing whatsoever. Yeah. For eight years we have shaken our fist at God and said, we will do what I please. We even lit up the White House with the colors of the sexual perversion movement. Yeah. And yet God gives us a window of mercy. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that He did it is because Franklin Graham went to all 50 states, every state capital, and called on Americans to repent for their sins, for the sins of the nation, for their personal sins, and prayed for God to give us a window of mercy. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, there was only 250,000 people who came to all those rallies. That's just a very small portion. Well, it may have been, but there are also many hundreds of thousands who were praying along with them who yep. could not go to those rallies. Yep. But I think that's the reason God gave us this, this window. And uh, it will be interesting to see if we do anything with it. But you know, to me, the heart of America has shifted. When I was growing up, the heart of America was was based on Christian principles, but I don't think it is anymore. Consider this. Obama, after eight years of the most ungodly administration in American history, left with a 60% approval rating. Yeah. 60%. Consider this. Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than Trump. Yeah. Consider this. The millennials, 18 to 29. Voted 55% for Hillary. That's the future of this nation. Yeah. And when you consider the condition of our universities today and how they've been taken over by radical liberals who are doing everything they can to convert the kids, what hope do we have? The only yeah. hope is Jesus Christ, but we're, where's the revival? Well, it's back to Jonah chapter 3. You know, if the church doesn't speak up, if in fact this is a window of opportunity, we better maximize it. And I said from the pulpit right after the election that first Sunday, and I says, hear me loud and clear. Right? All right. We're going to, time will tell what just transpired. If, in fact, though, this is an opportunity from God, He gave us a window, especially after the last eight years, which I agree with you, is on record as the most historical, ungodly, anti Christian administration Obama in the history was of, the, of, of the United States. Absolutely. And uh, would even go on record as asking God to bless Planned Parenthood, if you can believe that. So that's actually on video. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, but if I told the church, if this is, in fact, that opportunity, listen. Don't go back to sleep. You better, if you're going to do something for Jesus, you better do it now. And you better start standing up for His truth because it's His truth is the only thing that can set people free. If revival is going to happen, it starts with us as we share that. And if you sit there, if you go back to sleep, and I told him this, I said, if you go back to sleep after this, if this really is God's one last window, because we know it's not going to last forever. Nineveh didn't last forever. They, they eventually went up belly up. Years. So we said know another even prophet if, named right, Nahum. Right. So, <laughs> so even this moment, it's not going to last forever. We know the seven-year tribulation is coming. You can't stop it. But man, if we sit there, if we go back to sleep again, mm-hmm. we, we, I told him, I said, we deserve the biggest spanking from God that we can't even believe. How dare we? 
when all hope seemed lost, and if this is that window, man, we better maximize it. Billy, besides the moral condition, there's also that Israel is, uh, the United States is blessed because of our defense of Israel. And clearly, since uh, President Trump has got in, he's done so much for Israel. Israel now feels free to start rebuilding settlements yep. and to spurn the UN and all that. Do you think that America receives blessing for our position with Israel? Oh, I think so, too. And that was, frankly, I think a long-term concern, as you saw that, again, the previous administration with Obama, extremely obviously anti-Israel. Uh, and, uh, man, look, I mean, look, and, and then, again, how, how we uh, prospered as a nation. Not to, and I'm not talking just economically. I'm just talking about spiritually and, and morally. We've gone down the tube so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, certainly, uh, we deserve God's spanking, just like any other nation. God is not done with the Jewish people. The scripture is loud and clear about that. Uh, and uh, you want to go against Israel? Man, you might as well. Touch the apple of his eye. <laughs> I tell you what. He's going to bless those who bless him and curse those who curse Absolutely. him. And it's not just Obama. Ever since Carter, we have had we have been turning against Israel. Right. And if Trump does follow through with a lot of things that he's talking about pro-Israel, hey, that again, is this uh, God's open window for us? But again, to me, it's like, it's not just saying, hey, maybe the economy is going to turn around and things will get better and and things will improve, and we, we always seem to forget as Christians, we're the answer. Christ in us, proclaiming His truth, is the answer. God may open the window, but we need to go through that window and do what He told us to do. Otherwise, it will be all for nothing. But, and so we have to take this moment seriously. The Bible says that Jesus is going to return at a time when the world is as violent and immoral as it was in the days of Noah. And as we look around us today, we can see a lot of that happening. Yep. Adrian Rogers summed it up by saying, the world is growing gloriously dark. Yeah. Because even though it's growing very dark, it's a sign that Jesus is at the very gates ready to return. Do you believe that? Do you believe we're living in the season of the Lord's return? Oh, absolutely. And again, if you go back to the Scripture, that's one of the signs that we're in the last days, the rise of wickedness. Look at society. Uh, Jesus said you're going to see a repeat, like you're mentioning the, the days of Noah. Paul talks about that in Second Timothy. He said this is going to be some, the evidence of the people's behavior in the last days. And we're right down that list. All what that other morning. signs would you point to that we're living in the season of the Lord's return? Well, uh, certainly, you know, as he says there, people are just lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They're going to become brutal. They're going to be uh, haters of God. And you go down the list and it's like, listen, every single one, not five out of all those, every single one is commonplace in our society today. Uh, certainly, I tell people all the time, you had mentioned about the immoral behavior and mm-hmm. the Supreme Court decision. Uh, we have a resource out called uh, uh, Christian Response to the Supreme Court Decision. After that one went down, we provided this uh, resource and great. I think it's a great tool for people uh, to get how to respond to that issue and stand up for uh, God's standard of morality. But I tell people when the church caves on these issues, and you know, we just saw even recently the, the a historic Baptist church hired two lesbian ministers. That's like a double no-no. And then it's like, and, and then celebrating, it's like, and I tell people, when you see this, the church thinks you're doing something wonderful. No, that's a sign you're in the last days, right? Number two, grab a shovel, because really what you're doing is digging your own grave, because we're following the same path that Paul also warned about, not only in 2 Timothy 3, he also warned about in Romans chapter 1. And the, it started out there, if you read, we are following as a country the same unfortunate pattern. We start out, we know that God exists. He gives us abundant evidence, but through the lie that's going in the secular school system, evolution, we are suppressing the truth about God. Absolutely. So God gives them over. What's he do? It's going to get really bad, and he continues to give them over. And what happens next? It says right there, you keep it up, 
you're eventually going to hit women are going to be with women, men with men, homosexuality, lesbianism. You keep going. He says the final step, you're going to a depraved mind. You're going to start doing things you can't even dream of. And, and then you're going to approve of those. That's what just happened with the Supreme Court decision. And so when the church goes along with this, all you're doing is digging the hole even deeper for us. Yes, the apostasy uh, uh, in the church is clearly prophesied in the Bibles in the, yeah. in, the, in the end time. But I'm just amazed at how much there is and how fast it's developed. For example, yeah. one of the most popular concepts in the church today is there are many different roads to heaven. Oh, wow. Because we've got to be tolerant. Yeah. And we've got to remember, you know, that there's the Muslim road and the Hindu road and the Jewish road and so forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I'd be blown. that's a lie from the pit of hell. The scripture is about as clear. How do you get around John 14, 6? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. I didn't say it. He did. And they're completely <laughs> hypocritical uh, with their response to this definition of tolerance. Tolerance isn't the same one that we used to grew up. They oh. cha- you look at the dictionaries, they change the definition of tolerance. It's not like, well, you know, you put up with something not particularly like. Like we used to say, you know, yeah. I, we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. That's one of the most bigoted statements you could make today. Uh, and uh, yes, today tolerance means you've got to approve of this person approve. and endorse this person and encourage this exactly. person. Exactly. And if you mm-hmm. don't do that, that's the new definition of a bigot and a racist and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so, what, but also they base it on you know relativism that you get to whatever is true to you is true to you, whatever is true to me is true to me, etc. Blah, blah blah. And that there are no absolutes. Wait a second, there are no absolutes. You just made an absolute <laughs> statement. statement yeah. And I always like to ask people when they say that, are you absolutely sure about that? You know, and just, <laughs> but it's everything's crumbling around because they're not go, they're they're making it up as they go. It's personal opinion, lovers of themselves, and self gets to define the lie of the Genesis uh, chapter three. You will get to decide between. Between good and evil, you'll be like God, right? Our society is doing the very same lie, and and the church is is going along with that hook, line, and sinker, uh, trying to say that uh, all paths go to heaven. It's like no, it doesn't. Uh, that's one of the most. I tell people this all the time. We got a huge study called Rural Religions, Cults, and the Occult. We go right down the list because I came out of New Age, and that's one of the biggest oh. lies from New Age, right? All religions basically teach the same thing. Excuse me. And I like to tell people, anybody who makes that statement, they're just parroting the media or whoever because they have not investigated the facts. Even from a non-Christian point of view, you look at the different religions on the planet, not one of them, not one of them agrees with each other. And not one of them is at all like Christianity. All the other religions basically teach that you are God, you become God, you've got to work your way to God. Only Christianity says... God is holy. You are not. You're doomed. You deserve to go straight to hell. But God loves you. He sent his own son to die your death on the cross. And that's the only way you can be saved. No other religion. Bingo. It's a gift, period. No other religion has that. So anybody who makes that statement, all religions are basically the same. Many paths lead to heaven. It's like I I say, well, first of all, you don't know anything about world religions. And secondly, (laughs) you don't know anything about Christianity. And if you're really hoping on something else other than Jesus Christ, we need to talk. Yeah, Robert Jeffers at First Baptist Church here in Dallas often says, all the world religions say, do. Yeah. Christianity says, done. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Billy, what should these churches do then to turn the tide of maybe if they're starting to fall into the tolerance or they're turning their church services into outreach events and, and becoming more worldly to bring people in? How do churches turn the tide? Well, I get back to the Word of God. And I, I'm not okay. saying that because that sounds very pastoral. <laughs> <laughs> no, get back to the Word of God because this is the truth. Jesus is the truth, right? And this is His 
word. God doesn't lie. This is the only book on the planet that is trustworthy. And the whole Bible, not just sections yeah, of it. Right? Exactly. But yeah. see, that's the problem. That's another Bible prophecy sign, right? In, in, in the last days, what Paul says is going to happen in the church, not the world. The world we're seeing with this wickedness, and unfortunately the church is going along with it. But we'll also see in the world that the, uh, the church, how do you know you're in the last days? Paul says that you're going to see the church gather around themselves. The, the church takes the impetus. The ch- they're going to gather around themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, right? And they're going to turn aside from the truth. Right, so get back to the truth. But that's actually a sign you're in the last days. Now, I remember the first time I busted into the Greek there. Uh, uh, tickle your ears. It's kinetho in the Greek. It means only pleasant things. Uh, turn aside from the truth to, to miss. Muthos, it means stories made up. You stir all that together. How do you know you're in the last days? Not only this increase of wickedness that's going on, and uh, do we need a Nineveh a moment or what, but... Also, take a look at the church. When you see the church in mass, all you ever hear from the pulpit is pleasant things and stories made up, you're in the last days. Mm-hmm. Now, I just described, with all due respect, 95% of the churches in America. That's and sad. you want the antidote? How do you get away from this tolerance, this love? Get back to the truth. But see, they've turned away from it. But that's a sign you're in the last days in the church. And I call it the, the sleeping prophecy sign. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, hey, earthquakes, and they're on the rise. And, and that's true. Oh, wickedness, it's getting horrible, moral decay. And, and that's true. The Jewish people that came back to the land, and, all, and that's true. That's a big sign. All right, one world government, one world economy. Don't forget the church. What's going to happen to the church? They're going to gather around themselves, and the only pastors they hire, the guys that just make up stories and tell them pleasant things. Yes. That's well, you know, there's, there, there, the Bible gives us many signs to look for, and I, I, over my years of study, have put them into categories like signs of nature and signs of society and spiritual signs and technological signs. And, and I've always believed the signs of Israel were the most important because that's what is really focused on in the end times. But... Um, I wrote a book several years ago about the signs of the times, and I sent out questions to 22 different Bible prophecy experts. And uh, it was interesting to me that when they came back, they all agreed, yes, Israel is very, very important. But the most important sign of all can be summed up in one word, convergence. Mm -hmm. They're all coming together for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I'd say that, and I would add this word, exponentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And uh, obviously, you know, studying prophecy for years, and I have myself. And and it used to be back in the day, it's like, well, okay, the the big sign that's really kind of on the plate, if you will, lately, it seems to be one world government, new world order, global governance, and here's what's going on with the Bilderbergers and the and no. the Trilateral Commission and all that stuff. And and that was the big thing. And then after a while, it's okay, it's switching to what's going on with Jerusalem, and and those are all signs. But man, we we have a huge resource called the Final Countdown Study, and it's just. 86 hours on Bible prophecy, and we just take the 10 big ones, the Jewish people, modern technology, uh, worldwide upheaval, the earthquakes, famines, pestilence, and wars and rumors of wars. We get into the rise of falsehood, false teachers, false Christ, the apostasy of the church. We get into the rise of wickedness society, one world government, one world economy, uh, one world religion, mark of the beast, cashless society, all that stuff, right? And it used to be that it was just like one thing, I can't even keep up with it. It's all of them happening at the same, I've never seen it like this ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all happening all at the same time. In fact, it's happening so fast, and I, I'm a research junkie, right? And I'm cataloging as much as I can't even keep up with it. Uh-huh. And I literally ask my wife, to my probably detriment, I'm at home it's on the laptop. It's all on the exponential and, curve, and, and yeah. it, it, even to the point that 
uh, no longer are encyclopedias published. Uh, yeah. Britannica stopped publishing. Because the time yeah. they would publish one, it's already out of date. Mm-hmm. There's that much accumulation of, of new knowledge that's occurring in the world. Well, and, and what Daniel was told by the exactly. angel, Daniel 12.4. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's, what's interesting mm-hmm. is the, a lot of the statistics, you look at that, it's like, wow, what a generation we're living. The average newspaper today yeah. contains more information than a person living in the 17th century would come across in their entire life. In fact, this just happened. It used to be that they were a third. Now, right now, Facebook, if it were a country, is the largest country on the planet. They just superseded China. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's growing. And we have more knowledge than we know what to do with. And knowledge is in, in certain fields, like the biomedical field, it's becoming outdated in a matter of months. And it's just it's growing exponentially. And, then, again, that's what uh, uh, Daniel said is going to happen in the last days. You're going to see this increase of travel, this increase of knowledge. And we're living in those days. What is your advice to pastors today? Well, certainly um, be responsible as a pastor. Maybe get back down to bare bones. Uh, um, be a shepherd. And as a shepherd, uh, you're called not only to take care of the flock, you're called to teach the flock. And if you're not going to teach all the Bible, then get a different job. Go pick peaches, change tires, do whatever you're going to do. But, but don't, if you're not going to teach all the Word of God, then I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I just feel strongly about this, then go do something else because you're doing a disservice to the church and a disservice to uh, what it means to be a pastor. But also, I would say that, you know, get busy uh, teaching the Word of God, but get busy realizing that this is not going to be a cakewalk. From here on out, it is, you better be ready for battle. And the battle, I tell all the time, listen, not from the world. I'm talking the most pain, the most heartache I've ever experienced, the most flack I've ever got has not been from the world. It's been from the professing church. And you better realize what you're walking into uh, with both eyes open it's not going to be easy. It's not going to get easier. But take a stand in Christ. Be a man of prayer. Trust in Him. If He's called you to this, He'll equip you. He'll take care of you and keep moving forward until He comes back and gets us. Beautifully said, Billy. You know, I, I consider the call to be a pastor the greatest calling that God can put on anyone's life. And I play, pray for pastors all the time. I know what they have put up with, what they have to go through. But what we need are pastors with courage who are willing to step out and preach it as it is without fear that they're going to step on so-and-so's toes in the congregation and get fired. Yeah, yeah. And just believe that God is going to be there to stand by them, even if they get fired. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) But they've got to stand for God's Word. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Pastor Billy Crone. Billy, been a great pleasure, sir. Hey, thank you, Nathan. It's been great being on. Great. If you could look in that camera and tell folks how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can check us out at our ministry, Get a Life Ministries. That's at getalifemedia.com. You could also phone us at 775-410-3754. And folks, while you're on his website, check out his book, The Rapture, Don't Be Deceived. Get a copy. Really good. Yes, I highly recommend the book. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. For an in-depth study of the rapture, its nature and timing, you need to get a copy of Dr. Reagan's video program titled, In Defense of the Pre-Trib Rapture. The program runs one and a half hours in length and includes interviews with six Bible prophecy experts. In addition to the interviews, Dr. Reagan presents an in-depth, biblically-based, easy-to-understand teaching about every aspect of the rapture. The video program can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. To place your order, call the number you see on the screen 
or order through our website at lamblion.com. If you call, please call Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. Again, the Rapture Video Up contains six interviews with Bible prophecy experts like Charles Ryrie, Tim LaHaye, Mark Hitchcock, Andy Woods, Tommy Ice, and William Watson. The video runs one and a half hours and it covers every aspect of the concept of a pre-tribulational rapture, its biblical basis, its meaning, its historical development, and its timing. It also deals in detail with all the arguments that have been made against the concept of a rapture before the tribulation. The album can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. This is a great album for both individual and group study. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 